29 murders in September for Baltimore. 29 in one month, including the death of the 26-year-old tech, big tech CEO, Pava Marie Lapierre. Today we are breaking down this case, the murder and the arrest of the murder rapist who was out early on parole uh, at the time of her death. We also are going to deep dive a troubling trend. I'd like to know by the end of this episode why national news only cares about Baltimore when a white, rich woman is murdered. What happened to the other 29s? Almost this same day, a 15-year-old, Rashid Maxwell, was gunned down, and it's almost impossible to find any news on this. So in the same day, a a 15-year-old black child is gunned down mercilessly, mercilessly in Baltimore. However, when Pava Marie Lapierre is murdered, it makes national headlines. Is it the police's fault? Are the police systemically racist or is mainstream media systemically racist? We've got a lot to cover all this and more on today's Failure to Stop Breakdown. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Cuts up, giddy up everybody. Friday, Friday as they say it's uh, in the Gen Z world. Drew, how are you doing this morning, sir? It's Friday. It's uh, Friday. I'm in love. Oh, okay. That's what you're doing. That's what we say in Gen X world. Uh, I think we should all say whatever we're going to say in whatever world we say it in. I think we should all say it with a British accent. Uh, (laughs) Say what you you mean to say. Say what you mean to say like you know what you're saying. Welcome, guys, to the Friday Breakdown. 30-year detective-ish. Drew Breezy and myself, former officer, street cop, we break down the biggest news and we give it to you from the stand from from the from the point of view of a street cop. Kind of try to be the voice that has been unheard for so for far too long. That's why we're partnered up on this beautiful first responder network that is Flare to Stop that brings you five different shows a week with other shows like Anti Hero Podcast, who is also on the C Minus Media Network, as we are. Uh, we're real street cops talking about real street cop stuff, entertaining and informing street cops because we know that you don't want to just hear what uh, the higher brass has to say or what the political correct world wants to say. We say it for you, what you're thinking, what we're all thinking. And when we dive into today's topic, uh, the reason why it sparked an interest in me is, well, we follow the news a lot here on Failure Stop Network. We do political news or we attempt to do that on Wednesdays. We do a little bit of crime news on Mondays, true crime stuff on Tuesdays and dispatcher stuff on Thursdays. So we're in the know. And one thing that I have seen trending, which I've said is, trending from the from the beginning of the summer was racism 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 everything is racism uh not surprising going into an election season that's not surprising but i think we should all be hyper aware of the racism and i'd like to go back to a time maybe um you know six years ago now when was freddie gray when was that uh 2014 2013 maybe yeah 
when we all we heard was this new term called systemic racism and that police suffer from systemic racism. Well, I would like to turn that back onto the media because I'm not sure it's the police that have a systemic racism problem. I think it's mainstream media that might be uh, coordinating all of this. And we'll deep dive into that and let you know why and what evidence we have uh, for that. Uh, before we dive into that, though, big special shout out to Drew and Jonathan Bates for another amazing comp center last night. Absolutely incredible. Uh, really enjoyed that last night. How do you guys do it, man? How do you guys produce such an amazing show every freaking week? Um, well, I would I would tell you that it's uh, all Jonathan if I were humble, but it's pretty much all me. Um, no, I, I, I just, we just, when there's passion behind any project, I think that it's going to, like, I'm not going to try to get all mushy and everything, but um, Jonathan is just an amazing, amazingly talented funny human being and a good soul mm. and <clears throat> when you team that up with you know like i've got a little passion behind what i want to do with that show and what i'm trying to get out the message i'm trying to get out the the ideas just seem to kind of materialize somewhat and, and we did a debrief of a guy last night i used my old uh, i brushed off my old leadership skills and did a debrief of a guy who's who um has, has recently been hired by a police department, but he was a dispatcher for a couple of years. And I, I decided to do a live exit interview with the guy to kind of get the state wow. of the state <laughs> it of, was the, awesome. uh, of the communication section, uh, center. <laughs> and, and it was good. It was really good because I'm telling you, this kid was, you know, like I'm encouraged by his, uh, his um, uh, enthusiasm. So, I mean, you know, like it shows there's a, there's hope for the future, but it's also to give a voice to the people who never had the voice. It's, yeah. it's, you know, to give a voice to the people that were always told what their voice should sound like or, or should be. Uh, and, you know, and I realize it's kind of contradictory for me being the voice of that, but, um, at the same time, I'm, I'm just trying to raise awareness to it and, and we're having a blast doing it. If you, if you haven't checked it out, please do. There's a Rumble channel called the Com Center. You can go check that out. You can go to our YouTube, obviously. You can go to um, um, the Rumble channel called Failure to Stop and watch this broadcast live if you wanted to do that. I, I created a video which we will be sharing later that is a uh, like a graphic representation of the F-35 pilot's 911 call. I'd be glad to share it with you, Eric, if you want to. I'm sure you saw it last night, but uh, we'll uh, we'll share that with the world so you can all get a taste of it. If not, just go watch the full uh, the full Com Center episode. We had a good time. Yeah, it was a, a great show. I want to do more exit interviews. If you're exiting a police department and you want to go <laughs> ham on whatever it is you want to go ham on, please reach out to me on Failure Stop. Once you've sealed in that retirement, uh, give me a call. Let's talk. Uh, if anything, we can put it on Patreon to our paid members. Um, by the way, uh, you know, join us on Patreon today. Today's show is brought to you by ghostpad.com forward slash Wolfpack, officerprivacy.com uh, forward slash Wolfpack, and uh, Manscaped, uh, manscaped.com, promo code Wolfpack. Uh, appreciate all of our sponsors who support us. Let's dive into today's topic, dog. Uh, listen, we it's no surprise it's no surprise that they're amping up the, the racism. It's just it's going in a different different way than I thought. I'm not sure if mainstream media meant to do this one. I know a lot of times they're trying to be overtly racist, um, meaning that they want 
they want white people to start feeling disenfranchised. They want white people or, to feel like a minority or feeling guilty. Feeling guilty. Here, yeah. Can I show that? Can I share something real quick before we dive too deep into this because it's going to set the tone of why we're doing what we're doing? Yeah. Are you, you're not going to play that whole thing, are you? No. Nope. You played for nope, yeah, nope, okay. nope. Nope. Look, it was great. Just, I just don't know what the rules are on us playing. Like, no, that's later on anyway, and we'll, we're going to add commentary to it so we're safe. But uh, he, here's the deal. I want to show you this. This is from the right wing angel on Instagram. It says black Ameri- black Americans are less than half of Philadelphia's population, but 90% of those arrested for looting were black. Okay. And this is why I want to be clear about this for today's episode. I, I don't speak for Eric. Eric speaks for himself and, and you're going to see that he's genuine as well. I, I don't say these things because I'm racist. I say these things because you tell me when I say these things, they're racist. And you cannot get around the fact that there are some very angry uh, people in Philadelphia that looted, that felt entitled to just tear up a city and disrespect all law and order and go take whatever they felt like taking, 90% of which were black people. And it's, it's not, I am not saying that that's representation of all black people by any means. I think that this is probably a very small percentage of black people, like maybe one or 2%. But when you see this and you see this headline, and and by the way, the right wing angel is a black guy. So when you see this and when you see this headline and, and you repeat it, the, the, the comeback usually is, well, you wouldn't understand because you're a white guy. You wouldn't understand because you're a white cop. Okay. Uh, well then explain it to me, but don't tell me that I'll never be able to understand it because as I see it, even on the surface, it is, it is exactly as it's portrayed. And, it's, and I'm not saying that from a racist point. I, I'm saying that from a factual point. That, that's, all I'm, that's all I want to say here. Well, because mainstream media wants to bring race into it, they want, they want a race war going into the, uh, the election season. Who suffers from it? You know, who suffers from it the most? I would say the street cop, the street cop that has to deal with being called a racist, the street cop who shows up to work to change a flat tire, the street cop who comes to mediate a marriage and to try to save a marriage and, and to talk to domestic violence uh, victims with empathy and respect. The officers who go out of their way every single day to put other people in their car and taxi them around the city free of charge without having to maneuver the police officer that buys Bojangles biscuits. I've seen all these things with my own two eyes. Those are the officers who are being called racist. When something happens during an election season and uh, or when things aren't politically going the way the left would like them to go, uh, their kind of go-to tactic these days is, is to start a race war, to start the riots and the protests in the streets and to allow it to happen uh, without any repercussions. And what we see in the inner cities, I've seen it with my own two eyes, is then you have a whole bunch of white people who flood to the black neighborhood um, and then they link arms with the bad guys. They don't link arms with the neighbors who aren't fooled. I write about this in my book, Pig Latin, uh, where where the people who come out in the bad guy neighborhood are the bad guys. And there is no voice for the good guy. And I've seen this with my own two eyes. I've seen white women 
who have never been to the ghetto in their life. I've been working there for years and years, never seen them there one time until these Black Lives Matter things start to happen. All of a sudden they show up and they are linked arms in silent protest. And who's on either side of their arms? Well, one guy that goes by the name of Rara, who has probably, I don't know, 18 sexual assault charges before he was finally murdered. Uh, He was stabbed by multiple women um, in the process of domestic violence situations. A real bad guy. Who was on the other side? Who was on the other arm? Another man named Darius. Darius is now in prison for life. He's been the the suspect in two different homicides and one of the most brutal rape cases that I've ever came across. And they are women, white women, long, long linked arms in solidarity. No, you're wrong. Out of guilt. Out of guilt. So... So who the street cop suffers the most because it becomes equally the street cop suffers. I would argue that, you know, who suffers the most is the, the, the majority of the black community that you're talking about, not the minority criminal that's standing there locked arms. It's everybody else in the black community that just wants just wants fair protection, just wants equality, fairness, like. Just how about the you know the ability to walk to the store without having to worry about being robbed or uh, that's who loses out the most. So when when the media takes over and they plant these seeds of racism and they they paint these pictures of racism, just like the the description you wrote, the brilliant description you wrote today about how Baltimore is, um, the black community is who suffers the most in this whole thing. It's it's sad to see. Where is where is there any empathy? for the victims in any of these cases a lot of the cases that we see um this one that we're talking about today where the man only went to jail for seven years for a prior homicide where's the justice for the family the surviving family of the victim who was murdered by this guy on his first murder yeah i i I don't remember what i know it was in maryland and he was um he was given um credit for good behavior so it was a 30-year sentence and i think he served seven of the 30 seven if i'm not mistaken it might have been 14 but so where is the justice for this family you have Derek chauvin that's going to jail for 22 years he'll do every minute every second of those 22 years for something he didn't really mean to do yeah this wasn't first degree murder the man we're talking about today meant to do these things in fact not only did he mean to do them but he did them with precision and with great planning. Um, and he was still out on bond, even though he was out on parole. And you know what he was out on bond for? Um, oh, he was out on bond. <laughs> was, was he out on bond for setting people on fire after slitting their throats? Is yeah. that it? Is that the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That would be it. That I mean, nothing, it. So, nothing violent or anything. No, not nothing violent yeah. at all. Um, By Baltimore standards. <laughs> so, uh, Dude, this case uh, it, angers me. Yeah, it, it, ang- it angers me too, and I, I don't mean to mess up your role. I, I went to a conference in Baltimore, and I think it was in 2018. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, of course, that seems like it, it was that long ago, but maybe it was 2019. And uh, it was an APCO conference, uh, the, the, the 911 professionals. And um, it was a national conference. The, 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 the convention center was right in the middle of downtown Baltimore. It was kind of on the harbor. It was uh, 
within walking distance pretty much of Camden Yards. It was beautiful. Like Camden Yards, once you get inside, was beautiful. Uh, but I'm telling you, it was uh, – look, I was a cop for however, you know, 25 years at that point. Um, I was nervous walking around. I, I didn't see a lot of – I did not feel safe. I didn't feel safe for any of the people that were attendees. And I get the impression that a lot of the cops that were working there, even off-duty, they knew we weren't safe. Now, I don't think anything happened, but this is, this is the illusion of safety, or this is, the, th this is how, when you fill out a fear of crime survey in an inner city, this is how a police department should gauge how they uh, govern. Because they, uh, if you don't feel safe, you're not safe. So, you know, at night, like, you could set your watch by it just as the sun was setting, like, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Uh, downtown was overrun with those uh, motorcycle and um, three-wheeler guys. They call them 12, yeah. six boys or something like that right. because, you know, they're 12, 12 and six. Just running red lights. They, they take a run from, from their area of town into downtown and just do a takeover. I mean, it's in, you know, you just see citizens frozen in fear it's or tourists or whatever. It's complete lawlessness. lawlessness. Yeah, it's lawlessness. It's, it's very sad. I need to give a quick shout out. Uh, I promised I would. Uh, by the way, we are doing, if you want a shout out, you can reach us out in the DMs. We'll always give you a shout out. But Bruce uh, Cottle, uh, you know, uh, he's autistic. That's all I know. He's autistic. That's what his profile says. Just says autistic. Uh, but I did cruise down some of his videos, and uh, I appreciate you messaging us out, Bruce. And uh, thanks for joining us today, homie. Of course, we got Nijkin, uh in in the chats as well. One of my favorite homies from Sweden, sending us the finest Swedish chocolates uh, every year, and uh, <laughs> causing my children to get many many spankings because they are hyper on chocolate. But thank you guys so much uh, in in the chats for all of you guys who are who are in the chats with us today and everybody that's out there listening. We really appreciate it. Thirty two year old Jason Dean Billingsley, uh, nearly two weeks ago, entered a home through an unlocked door. He entered the home to find a husband and wife, probably Netflix and chilling, maybe turning on an episode of The Office if I had to imagine, cuddled yeah. up on the couch if I had to imagine. Just finishing up supper, probably doing the dishes together as loved ones do. Supper, Mr. Or Billingsley, dinner. what's that? Supper or dinner? Probably dinner. Got it. I would say it was probably a dinner that they were they were just wrapping up and um, sitting down to watch TV, man. That's my wife does. Put the yeah. kids to bed. You sit down. You watch TV. And this scary man, this scary black man, be just as scary if he was a white bearded man. Any man that comes into your home unannounced in the middle of Netflix and chilling has to be utterly terrifying. Yeah. They're awakened to this. They, they, they are made aware of this man entering their home. He drags them drags them upstairs, ties them both up at gunpoint or whatever point, knife point, however it works. They're tied up, and the woman is raped in front of the man. Strangled, doused with an alcohol, uh, with a, with a, with a liquid, an accelerant, yeah. 
to then be let on fire. Both the individuals in the hospital undergoing surgery currently for the burns on their face. This is the man who they let out for seven years on good behavior after another homicide. Several sexual assaults, domestic violence, several violent crimes dating back to to childhood for this gentleman. But he gets out and he commits this heinous crime on two innocent people. He then lights their apartment on fire. He's charged with another fire. He's still out running around, and two weeks later, he enters the CEO, this tech CEO, who happens to be an, an, an advocate of Black Lives Matter. She's an advocate. She's a self-proclaimed woke individual. These are the folks that are batting for your team, quote unquote, uh, that the media would, would like to say is on the black side. I disagree. I disagree. I think that they, they're virtual signaling that they're on the on, on Team Black. I don't think that they're really on Team Black. I think they're on Team Virtue signal, I have black friends, but they really don't. Just because you have a everybody is safe inside my house doesn't mean you're going to open the doors and let them in. I don't think that these people with these signs are those individuals. However, she is an advocate of, of the black community and what is going on and what has happened, the violent rise in crime, the rise in violent crime in Baltimore. And he enters her house and drags her upstairs where he bludgeons her to death with a brick, which then leads to a manhunt. That's what we're talking about today, guys. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the other 29 homicides that happened. This month, we're not talking about the 15-year-old black kid who was also murdered on the same day. We're only talking about this case. And I can't imagine that the 15-year-old child that was murdered didn't have similar circumstances. I can't imagine that the man who murdered the 15-year-old boy probably wasn't out on some kind of post-release parole or bond type sitch, if you get what I'm saying. I'm sure it was a repeat offender. If I had to be a betting man, I would say that that may, but you know why I don't know those answers because you can't find any information on the 15 year old young boy, Rashid, who was murdered on the same day, but we're going to hear all about every news. If you type in Baltimore murder right now, all you will see is this white woman plastered everywhere and nothing about the 29 other human beings that were murdered by individuals that are just as vicious and who have been freed by the judicial system who've been let out on bond and then some of my favorite podcasts that i listen to every single day said the police failed this white ceo this tech ceo that they they failed now why won't i use her name well because the media doesn't want to use the name of the individual who murdered her they don't want to use the names. They 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 don't they want to bury this they want to bury this down because all they want to do is hack the points. So I'm just doing what they're doing. I'm just doing what they're doing. Overcomplicating all of it. It's all very ridiculous. This case drives me nuts because the real story here, the distraction here, is, is that this soft on crime, this soft on crime style of I don't want to call it policing. They all call it policing. Soft on crime policing. Soft on crime policing. It's not policing. That's not policing. No, That's soft on crime judicial 
ju- criminal justice system. Like this is what this is what they complain about being systemically racist. When 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 they've when they swing the pe- or when the pendulum swings to the other side, that in their perception, by the way, that uh, like they're they're. <laughs> I'm trying to put a thought together. The LA school district was having a problem with the high numbers of um, discipline cases of young black men, young youth, black youth, right? So their answer to this was, let's stop disciplining them. And what you did was you fixed the spreadsheet that you're, looking for that makes you look like you're not a racist you did nothing to the black community you, you did nothing for those kids who desperately need discipline now when you bring that to a bigger scale the criminal justice system the pendulums on one side and they're charging people appropriately the 90 percent in philadelphia for for uh, looting even though they're represent 40 percent representative of the population you swing the pendulum the other way because George Soros feels, well, they're overrepresented in prisons and you know black people today are just not getting a fair shake. Okay, maybe so- sociologically they're not getting a fair shake, maybe. Maybe in other you know, situations such as you know, uh, single-parent homes or something like that, they're not getting a fair shake. And it's causing all of this crime. The answer, though, to the riddle is to not is not to reduce the amount of crime by letting more criminals go free it's to hold the same people accountable it's to hold the right people accountable and it's to get the bullshit cases out of the DA's way like let's you know like here in Hillsborough County we used to call it a, a trace is a case like a little trace baggie of weed throw them in jail let let the judge sort it out blah 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 Okay, fine. Uh, but you have tied up a, a, an assistant state attorney doing that. You've tied up a judge doing that. You've tied up the courts. You've tied up a public defender. And we could be tackling these bigger cases. So bigger picture-wise, the criminal justice system, there is a pendulum. And we're, we've swung way over to the other side where uh, soft on crime is like flavor of the day because you know there's this sentiment that uh, black pe- black and brown people are being overcharged and over incarcerated when in actuality it's proportionate to the crimes they're committing it's sad but it's true and i you know a lot of times when you get these trace weed type calls and we know this from a street cop it's it's not that's not it's not why you put took them to jail you didn't take them because of the trace weed. You took them because there was a fight on the basketball court sure. where he smashed a beer bottle and held it up like he was going to stab somebody. And when you got there, he pitched the trace amount of weed and you said, listen, I don't know what happened here. I didn't see what happened here. You've got a whole bunch of people fighting. They're saying that you broke that glass. I'm sure you did. They're all saying you're the instigator. You probably were. I don't know, but I'll tell you what, you threw that bag of weed, so I'm going to fix this problem right now and get you out of here, and I'm going to take you to jail on this trace weed. So when you get down to the jail and everybody looks at you like you're an asshole, and I mean the jail staff, because, you know, honestly, the jail staff where I work were, there was a woman there, uh, and I felt like she was racist. She was a, a black female, and and, um, and, and she... 
hated she hated white officers to the point where she would go out of her way to inconvenience us in any way shape or form that we possibly that she possibly could and i think it's because she's racist and um and and every time you brought somebody in and, and the arrest was for marijuana or for drugs she would laugh and she would you know say things under her breath it's not true i didn't we, we're not just running around arresting people for simple misdemeanors it's always because it's compounded on something else and we're giving them warnings on everything else and but the court systems you know that this has come you know i don't think any officer was smart enough to look forward and say like oh well hey they're going to use these as crime stats and and then they're going to make us look bad for it no no cop sees that or, or cop sees is like all right i'm not going to arrest this dude for a violent assault when he didn't really assault anybody, there isn't any cameras, and I don't necessarily know that I trust all those people on the on the basketball court to say that he broke that beer bottle and threatened to kill them. I mean, he says that they had weapons of their own and that they were going to jump him. I'm telling you right now, somebody's going to jump me. There's a beer bottle, I'm breaking it and getting ready to work. So I'm not going to arrest this guy on that. But he did throw some weed, and that would solve a lot of problems to remove him from the situation. Sure, I, I I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, so I, uh, but, I think yeah. Go ahead. I, I'll tell you, that there's something that's probably going to upset a lot of people, but it's something I studied. Um, this is the argument for the TikTok cop. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not pro TikTok cop. I am pro community policing, though. And when you take into totality, like, I'll give you an instance where I worked. We invested a whole lot of money in uh, boys and girls clubs. We partnered with uh, a lot of not-for-profits and reestablished the boys clubs in, in uh, especially low-income neighborhoods. It's, it's a way to address uh, one-parent households. It's a way to put uh, cops in front of kids who may be at risk, who aren't normally used to seeing cops in a good light and kind of changing their ways. Uh, or, or at least changing their mind a little bit and giving them some rec, rec time and some time to blow off some steam at you know, 9, 10, 11 years old when they need it, and developmentally speaking, giving them a safe place to play so they're not growing up in this, this area. And that's the foresight that you need. You, you need some foresight to say, and, and you know, the argument always is, well, that's not the, the, the cop's job. A cop's job is just to arrest people. And do, but but we, we have tried throughout history to arrest our way out of every problem and it doesn't work it just it's not going to work so if you preemptively look at what what we did when we established the boys club in this low-income neighborhood and then look at the the uh recidivism recidivism rates or even the incarceration rates or even the arrest rates of those kids 10 years later you'll see that they significantly decreased it's it's not factual yet because I, I haven't seen the data but this is the argument for that like when you i mean I, as a I, law I, enforcement I, listen, agency I'm not a, I'm not a smart man but I, I i worked in the worst district of raleigh and so i've got to see exactly how a district gets it i've heard all the fucking excuses i've seen all the boys clubs i've seen all the ymcas i've seen it all i've only seen one thing that works and within two weeks it works and within one year it really works and when you stop doing it I've seen violent crime rise 26% from stop doing it. And it's called putting cops where there's bad people. Right. Stop but that's, putting that's... one fucking cop in the worst neighborhood. And all that shit, because you know what? 
if if you're if there's no if there's no chance of you getting caught or little chance of you getting caught, you're not going to the boys and girls club to hang out. You're gonna go run. No, with no, the no, no. Kids. That's that's not who this is targeting. This is targeting kids before they enter into the I'm gonna commit crime phase. Yeah, but One, that, that and age two, is like eleven now, by the way. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. Nine, ten, eleven. A- and on top of that, but but you're preemptively you're saving money in the future sure. if you want to look at it as a business decision. But also, Eric, think about it. What your your style of policing, yes, is effective for the short term, but it's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to keep 25, 30, 40 cops in in one area because you said it yourself. The, 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 once once staffing levels change, once manning changes, once neighborhoods uh, complexions change, the, the the zones get reassigned. You have to reassign your assets and and make sure that they're in the right places at the right time. And yes, crime's going to jump up. That's why hotspot policing is controversial because it works for the short term. When they see uh, red and blue lights all over the place, I, 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 they I know disagree. to lay low. I, I think it. I, I think the only reason it works short time is because uh, because it's a good idea. And when a, a new politician comes in, uh, they want to. They it's it's an easy stance for them to take, and they can get they can get votes by saying, "Oh, the cops are too hard on crime." I literally witnessed this uh, under uh, from from one chief, our, our chief from New York who was hell-bent on community policing. It was his bread and butter. The man, the, the guy, was, his name is Harry Dolan. I think he's a complete dirtbag, to be honest with you. I, I, I worked on him. He hired me. Thanks for hiring me, Harry Dolan. I, I think he's a politician at heart, and I, I, I don't think he's a good cop at all. I don't think he's a good human being at all. I, 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 and I have, I, have, I have evidence to show why I don't think he's a, a good human being. But um, you know, he came in. And got rid of all the hard-charging cops. Didn't know them. Comes in from New York. Looks at police stats. Looks at their use use of forces. Looks at all the things. And then immediately headhunts all of them. Destroys morale. Goes into community policing. Is absolutely hated and is chased out of town fairly quickly. And then goes on to be like the leading guru of community policing. Even though what he did in 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 Raleigh didn't work. And nobody liked him or respected him. And and he hauled ass. He's the subject matter expert because that's how politicians work. Um, and then we got the new chief in. She didn't really know what she was doing, but she knew that she had to get a hold on crime. And, and so we started that, the wolf packing and the getting the blue lights up and down the roads. And you know what? Crime, crime was great. And community policing was even better because then cops were able, you have more time to do more things with people. You could pull over and shoot the basketball because there was 14 cops taking calls. And, and, and you weren't running around. And then guess what? You're a little bit happier, a little bit easier. So when they tell you to go read a book to the elementary school kids, not only can you go read a book because you have time, but you're not as butthurt about it uh, because you're in a good mood. <clears throat> so and then and then George Floyd and then um, hands up, don't shoot happens. Ferguson. And yeah. all of that goes away overnight. Overnight, it all oh. goes away. Violent crime goes up. All the cops move out of the inner cities. The inner city starts getting covered with graffiti. Homeless people start moving in. Drugs start going up. 911 calls start going up. You don't have time to do shit. Nobody's reading books to the kids. Nobody's playing basketball on the basketball courts. There are no more TikTok cops because there isn't any time for it. And then now you fast forward from uh, from hands up, don't shoot uh, for, uh, Michael Brown all the way till now. And violent crimes up 26% in the last two years. And, and uh, morale is at an all-time low. Yeah, I... I, I- I get all the theory. Let's not forget, though, when you've got a concentration, if you've got 50 cops in a department and you put 40 of them in the inner city, 
that leaves 10 cops to police everything else on a shift, right? Well, where do you think the criminals go? They're not going to hang out in the inner city. They're going to go commit crime on the outside. They're going to start. So burglaries start to rise. Occupied residential burglaries start to rise, which could turn in turn lead to rapes, murders, uh, uh, self um, stand your ground cases, whatnot. So this is what I'm saying. No, it's violent not sustainable. crime went up 26 percent in the entire city. Right, but right, yes. You know what I'm saying? The, the it's, entire it's not city, like violent right? crime just went up outside, you know, and that's when we stopped doing it. But when okay, you okay, so so it, are you st- are you saying when you reallocated all your sources to the to the center of the city? No, that's that nobody, ever, nobody ever reallocated. Zero crime? Nobody reallocates no. all of your services. Yep. It's 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 done by time. It's done by by right. by the type of crime. The example um, you're and, using, and I've watched it. Watch, I, I've watched it work. When you can put, when you have enough officers to actually do foot patrols. That's community policing. Right. That's it worked where policing. you were, but what did it do for the outskirts? What did it do for the adjoining counties or the adjoining cities? Did it increase the crime rates in those areas? I don't think because so. Because what you've done is pushed the crime Oh, yeah, out. you're right. We should, we should keep the crime like in the black communities. That's what we should. Yeah. No, I get it. Let's do that. I, you know what I'm saying? You, you no, know, that, I don't know what you're saying because that's not what I'm saying. You're misrepresenting what I'm saying. What I don't like is this whole concept of, oh, well, these neighborhoods have been like that for 30 years. No, well, you can't change it. You can't fix it. They've been like that for 30 years. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. That's, I mean, that's, that's probably the farthest thing from what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you're, what you want to do is throw is just dump a pile of, of army men you know from a bucket into a certain area, and that's going to that's gonna cure your problem. But it's not. It's going to create problems all around there. And, and everybody else, it's going to pull resources all the time for different types of crime. It's going to create problems in the surrounding counties, in the surrounding areas. I didn't this see that. This is proven. This is proven over and over and over. I didn't I'm, see that. What I see is that you get right, because you crime and the inner city just keeps growing. Right, but you weren't paying attention to that part. When you're, you're, doing, when you're so your focused on community policing to where all you're doing is trying to reach these little kids and you're allowing the crime to go unchecked, because you're allocating your resources to community policing and to reading books into schools and to doing all these things. As soon as these kids hit 11 and they see what their older brothers are doing, when they see what their mothers and their fathers are doing, because they don't have that fatherly presence, they don't have that big brother presence because they're all in prison, they're going to go. They're going to go do exactly what they do because it's easy. It's a lot easier to do community policing and convince somebody to do the right thing when they know when they hit 12 years old that they can't do the wrong thing anyway because there's too many cops around there to do it. Putting cops in the inner city works every single time, and it frees up way more opportunities for real community policing to really make an impact and really make a difference. When you can spend 10 minutes mediating a child, when you can spend 20 minutes uh Working with a family, when you when you have that, you can make real change. When you're going 15, 20 calls by yourself, you're, you're pissed off. You hate it. You're getting complaint after complaint because you're pissed off. It's a snowball effect. And then you have zero time nor want to do any community policing. My, fir- my, my first two years, hard charging in, in, the, ghetto, uh, in, in the inner cities, uh, getting in foot chases every single night and, and hammering down on crime. And, and making the gang scared of us and, and having blue lights everywhere, you know, it made it fun to then go and help out the local baseball team because I knew 
that the streets were covered and I knew people weren't going to get murdered on my beat because there was somebody down there. My beat, my area, I used to go to Dunkin' Donuts and I would be there for 20 minutes and they'd be like, yo, Tansy, you got to go. Because if I don't drive through my area for 30 minutes, somebody's going to get stabbed or shot. I physically have to be there. So that makes me not want to go help out the baseball club. That makes me not want to go and do the boys and girls club because all day I get zero breaks and I'm just surrounded by anger and hate. When you have a flood of cops down there, you don't have to worry about that shit anymore. You know there's somebody right. down there. There's a foot patrol down there. There's a bicycle patrol down there. The fucking horsey cops are down there. But no, but now, now that doesn't look good. That's not a good look. And now you no, got it's nobody. not that. That's, now you got that's nobody the, there. Well, that's, that's what's the happening. Street cops that's what's happening all across the state. Go look at LA. Go look at Baltimore. Go look at San Francisco. Go look at Seattle, Washington. Every cop, every street cop will tell you that's exactly what's happening. Because they're not staffed. Nobody wants to do this job anymore. That's got nothing to do with that. Everybody left the profession. You and I both left the profession. But what you're, what you're proposing to do is make the inner city completely dependent on you. And that's not the goal of any... It should never no, be the I, goal I think, of any law I think law that once agency. you police it long enough... Once you police it long well, enough... Well, how long is long enough? Oh, I don't know, Drew... Definitely not fucking 30 years. Okay, not well, 30 so years. How, but, Whatever they've been so, doing for 30 years isn't working. And they refuse to try right, another so way. When you, they only no, try no, no, another no, way no, no, until no. it works, they, they and then they freak the fuck way, out because it's working. No, when they try another way, you call it, oh, some politician came in and limited our powers. They're oh, trying I, other ways. No, no you just don't like come the ways in, they're trying. No politician, not a single politician has come into the inner city and put more cops in their city. Not one politician has come in there and be like let's put more cops in the inner city that's all done by real street cops by real street cop lieutenants and leadership that know uh we can't do this without numbers and for how long though how, how long are you going to do that i bet you if you did it for five years it would totally change the outlook i, I think the, the the influence that you're talking about i think no, the no, amount no, but, of time being spent um, but follow because me you for have a time second. follow me for a second so you do it for five years then what? You pull you out of there? You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it anymore. Okay, so so you've cured the problem. Five years is the time. You've cured I mean, I the problem. Know, maybe maybe you five, pull... ten years, and you, you scale it back. You can scale okay, it back. Okay, and you scale it back, and then what happens, Eric? You've changed the culture. The culture <laughs> changes. <laughs> okay, but a boys club couldn't do that, right? You've got to arrest your way out of that. No, a boys, a, a club's boys club is only going to work until they turn the 11 years thing. old. That, the, the boys club's only going to work until they're 11 years old. Listen, and then they're going to go find the crime. My point is this. It's, it's you're, easier you're, and it's more fun. You're shooting for – you, you want that inner city dependent on the police officer to make every decision, no. to, make, to, to no. clean up every I want mess people to stop for dying to in the inner city. I want 15-year-olds that are right. going to the boys club to stop getting not gunned down uh, while not walking down the street. That. We are talking about that. That no. wouldn't happen. That 15-year-old machine wouldn't have gotten killed if there would have been blue lights on that fucking road. If there would have been blue lights on that road, oh, really? if there would have been cops patrolling, if there would have been proactive police, if they are looking over their shoulder constantly, if we're chasing the bad guys in the cop cars and not letting them just go wild and run rampant, if we're doing those things, they're not going to be openly as defiant as they are today. They're oh, not really? going to be just like, driving down the road. And look, the proof is in the Just pudding. like the, the deputy crime is in L.A. County that was murdered in his own patrol car? So that, that car with the red and blue lights, you think that that's going to deter Because the cops crime. aren't doing anything. You know that. You know that those cops aren't. And, and it's one cop. Put fucking six cops out there, you wouldn't have done that. 
Okay. If he would have known that that cop wasn't exhausted, tired, and sitting by himself and, and vulnerable and knows that that cop is disenfranchised, pissed off at the world, and his hands are he tied wasn't. and can't do shit. He wasn't disenfranchised. He was a great officer. But what I'm saying is this. You're, and you keep interrupting this. You're, you're looking for dependence. What the goal of community policing is get interdependence going Doesn't so work. they can become an independent community, and then you can withdraw. Then you, you can can't start put pulling that on people police. out. You can't. That's not. That's not the police's responsibility. Okay. Well, then, and, and the police so are staffed to do community policing. So then, why, why don't you put that on the on the schools? Why don't you put that on the schools? Uh, that's the what school community stocking. policing is. That's exactly what community policing is. It's pulling the schools in. It's pulling the churches in. It's pulling the businesses in. It's pulling the business leaders in. It's pulling the parents in to say, take back your county, take back your city, take back your children. That's what community policing is. It's exactly okay. what it is. Not 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 working. It's, it's not working. They're trying. Well, you just trying told me that San was Francisco. the answer. They're not working. It's it, that's not working. Uh, yeah, because, because it, on paper it sounds great. It, it sounds great. If you could get a cultural change, if you could bring back spankings into schools and you could bring back the authority to the teachers, if you could bring back the authority of the church, I, dude, I, I listen. I, I'll tell you, if I would have fucked around in church at a young age, I'm guarantee you, Miss Adrian Davis would have whooped my ass. Same, same. <laughs> not, not yeah. my mom, not my dad. She would have whooped my ass, and my parents would have celebrated her for whooping my ass. She yes. would have washed my mouth out with soap. She heard me talk the way I do back then. We don't have that authority. There's there, the authority is gone. Children don't have any authority. Therefore, the only authority that exists right now is the police authority. And street cops know best because there's nobody more empathetic than a street cop who has a high morale and and, um, and, and who loves his career and is happy with it and believes in what he's doing. I, I lived it. I lived it. There's no, there's nothing more gratifying than no. You know what sucks is changing a flat tire when you know that as soon as you flat while you're changing that flat tire that a tone is going out that somebody's been stabbed on your beat and now yes. you're gonna catch all the shit in the world. Where the fuck were you, Eric? Where were yes. you? Why weren't you on your beat? Well, I was changing a flat tire. Oh, you're changing a fucking flat tire. Where on 440? Why were you on 440? Well, I was going to Starbucks to grab a quick coffee really quick. Oh, so you're so while you're out getting Starbucks, somebody's getting stabbed on your beat. Well, 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 no, I could have been to Starbucks and then back on my beat in five minutes. However, I saw this fucking guy with a flat tire and I decided to be a good human being and I never I still haven't got any coffee yet that so th that so cop, for everyone when you take the wind out of that cop sails no longer does he want to change anybody's tires and now he's driving around in his circles and his beat going through the motions these people are gonna kill listen I, I, this is how street cops think D don't don't take this clip out of context and pay me out to be a bad guy but that cop that same cop which was me driving around his beat goes these fucking people are just going to kill themselves anyway and stab them. Nobody gives a fuck yes, about me and fuck that's them and my fuck point. the problem. That's exactly I'm not going to do Eric. anything and I'm just going to drive in circles and now I'm going to go sit over here. That's my and point. Meanwhile, while you're not doing anything, all of these criminals who are emboldened and empowered who know you're not going to do anything, they know you're not going to chase them, they know you're not going to run them down, they just commit committing more crimes and it becomes more fun and it becomes a game to them. When so you have the, a whole bunch of cops on your beat and that one cop gets to go to Starbucks and he gets to change a flat tire... Johnny, Johnny with the flat tire, he goes around the rest of the day and tells 10 or 15 people, fucking nicest cop in the world did that. Meanwhile, nobody gets stabbed on my beat. Everybody fucking wins. Nobody's talking about somebody going out to the outskirts and committing crimes. 
Because you're not paying on. attention to it. You don't give a shit about the outskirts. It's not your beat. I you don't know anything that's going out there. I live in the outskirts. You, but, the outskirts but, that I live in right now, I'm, I'm trying to move from the outskirts because the crime is so bad. Crime was not like this 10 years ago on the outskirts. The reason why crime is like that is because there's more and more criminals. Criminals keep seeing each other commit crimes. They see how okay. easy it is. These 11-year-olds, and they commit, They just keep multiplying. Yeah. Look at Philadelphia. This shit wasn't happening 10 years ago, 15 years ago in Philadelphia. That's because they couldn't get away with it. There were too many cops. You're conflating two issues, though. When you have a soft-on-crime prosecutor not prosecuting anybody and letting everybody out of jail, it's going to be flooded with criminals. But you just made my point by telling me that your neighborhood is no longer safe. This is the same they thing. Don't this have is what cops I've been trying in, to tell you. Th- there Where are do you, no cops if, in the if there are, They're okay, community if, policing. They've been community policing headstrong for the last six imagine, fucking years. Imagine if they took all the cops that are patrolling your neighborhood and put them in the ghetto. Your crime yeah. would be a lot worse. No, it would not. So, <laughs> no, it would not because they're all what? over there in the ghetto. They're, not, they're like, I'm not driving out of here with a gun today. The New Bern is full. You can't go down New Bern with a gun. We, my captain, uh, Captain Young, used to say it all the time. He used to, New Bern, New Bern Avenue just so happens to be the gateway out to where I live. Newburn Avenue, when he says, listen, I don't want to drive down Newburn Avenue tonight. And, and if I drive down Newburn Avenue from downtown to Trawick and I don't see blue lights, I'm getting on the horn and there's going to be hell to pay. There better be blue lights all night. There better be blue lights on all night going down Newburn Avenue. And that would stop the trafficking of drugs, of guns, of all the shenanigans that go on. And it starts to get compartmentalized into the government housings. And you can go and tackle it there. I will tell you right now, Raleigh was 10 years ago. Raleigh was five times safer than it is today. And the only difference is, is that community policing has become the only way of policing. And it's not the real way of community policing. It is superficial bullshit of somebody putting on a stupid drug dog uh, costume and going around and parading himself just like some tranny reading a book. And it does absolutely nothing for the community. Nothing That's all you see. That's all the closed-minded street cop sees. That's all they want to see I, because I, I they want it. I was punished and put on community policing right. for like as eight a punishment, months. Eric, right? As a punishment, you were put somewhere? Right? Yeah. So so are you telling me it's a, it's a great position? It's a fancy position? No, I was like the this only is, one that was punished. All the other ones, are, they apply to be there. Community, our community police okay. squad apply the to point be there. Is, and listen, they but, all become... They all become super pissed off because everything that they do is thwarted by the big government. Anytime they want to try to do some real change, have a hot dog, uh, uh, a free hot dog thing underneath the thing on Saturday morning in the fall. Hey, we're going to this is a true story. We literally had uh, one, one uh, every Sunday that we had to work every two weeks. We had uh, a cookout at the station and all the cops would come into the station from around the things. And I would grill. I'll put pictures on our Instagram of me doing this. I learned this from another great street cop. And, it re- and when he retired or he got promoted and he moved on, I passed the buck to me. I became the grill guy. Every other Sunday, I would be in charge of collecting money from everybody, seeing who's going to get the chips, who's going to do that. And it became that we cook so much food that other districts would come in. Well, then I thought, hey, you know what? When I was on this community policing project for fucking eight months, wrote about it in my book. I said, dude, you know what? Community policing would be great. It's on Sunday. It's so slow. And all the cops and all the city, they come right here. But 424 can't leave. 
423 can't leave. 422 can't leave their beat. All the downtown people are here eating our hot dogs and our hamburgers. All the Southwest district people are here eating our hot dogs. But our main beats, our inner city beats, they can't come out here. So guess what? Let's go to the pavilion and let's get all the cops to eat in the pavilion. Right dead smack in the heart of the ghetto. And guess what? We did it. It was awesome. Everybody wrote, what's up? What's going on? Why are all these cops here? Oh, man, we just eating hot dogs. You want one? Yeah, man. Oh, that's cool. We did this two, two times. We did it two times. People hanging out with us. Matter of fact, P.D. Pablo drove by, hunk his horn. P.D. Pablo, rise up, take your shirt off. Honking his horn, right? Community <laughs> policing, dog. Community policing. A whole bunch of cops in one area. Guess who fucking shut that down? Oh, we can't be out there. It looks bad to the public. You guys out there taking a big giant lunch break all together. Oh, and you can't give hot dogs to people unless you have a, a waiver and, and the, uh, the FDA and everybody else comes in and approves it. And they shut it down. So guess what we, we did? We went back to grilling. What I'm telling you right now is that the community policing is over-politicized. It is it's nothing but a political movement. And, no. and the, the heartfelt left-leaning thing that you think is, is happening, isn't. that's not what happens in community policing. It, it's not it, real. An example, in, in, in the example you just gave, yes, absolutely. That was the dumbest thing they could do. I, but I, I'm telling you, I was responsible for doing some of that. Like, I did exactly what you're saying. There was a kickball tournament that... I took my entire street crime squad for, we bought all the drinks, we bought all the food. It's the same thing. It's community engagement. I, some, a guy, a, a person on the squad, that was her community project. I, when you did an annual evaluation, you had to do three goals. Every year, most supervisors would just be like, okay, just do like, uh, you're going to do one roll call presentation. And it, and what the fuck does that get anybody? I mean, it gets, it gets them nowhere. It doesn't nowhere. make them grow or challenge them. So I would say, okay, you're going to do one community project, uh, and then you give me a goal, and then we're going to talk to my supervisor, and we're going to see where they want you to be. That way it introduces you to your, you know, your the next step, right? So we used to do community projects just like this all the time. And when they work, they work. Your, what you're citing is a very specific example of asshole leadership who is like not seeing the forest for the trees. They don't want to, they, they're, they're like, all they see is a bunch of uniforms and a bunch of cars and a bunch of wasted resources standing around. And they don't see, well, what they see exact, is a great idea exactly what there. you see. Yes, that's exactly right. You are 1,000% right because they cancel creative people and they cancel intelligent people. That's, that's constantly what happens, and, and we're going to have to deal with that and overcome that. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, Eric, is what, what you're saying. So for every Eric Tanzi that, the, 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 hey, you know, I got to hold his leash street cop that, that has the compassion, that has the drive, that just wants to throw people in jail who are doing bad or can problem solve by taking the guy off of the, uh, the tennis, uh, the, the basketball, <laughs> the tennis courts, the basketball courts the pickleball courts for, uh, for the weed because he didn't, um, because, because it averts the fight, you're at the perfect stage. For you, one you, one Eric Tanzi, there are seven that are already at the advanced stage of, I don't give a fuck. They're just going to kill themselves. I'm just going to drive by this thing. Let me put my blinders on. I don't give a fuck if she is pregnant and she's changing a spare tire. Fuck her. Fuck this city and fuck this administration. That's who you're working with. So you you are idealistic and you are wonderful, and I, I agree with that. There are probably a lot more of you than the others, but the others bring it down. Then you have a whole other tier of leadership, 
quote leadership, we'll call it management because it's not leadership, who don't want to give you credit for good ideas, who don't challenge you to be innovative, and who do kowtow to you know, political uh, backlash. The point being, though, is it's not sustainable the way you're presenting it. It's not – because if it was, why wouldn't we just be doing it? Why would New York – and I realize that this is a difficult, uh, very different uh, political situation. No, they do do it. Situation. They do do it. They, they do no, do it's it. – Bill de Blasio ruined this whole thing. I mean, he, he politicized the whole thing, and he made those cops, quote, racist, and you know everything they did was racist, and they kowtowed to the George Floyd thing, which – I don't even think it's real, to be honest. I mean, I know that George Floyd died and God rest his soul and blah, blah, blah. He was a fentanyl addict. And he didn't deserve to die because of that. But he had COVID and he had fentanyl in his system that would kill probably an elephant. And a guy with his knee on his shoulder that America still swears was on his neck. And uh, all of a sudden, he's into sainthood. And just like you started this whole conversation, you get the virtue signaling white women, uh, liberal women who are standing there locked arm in arm, pointing the finger at you because you want to go out and do your job. That's, that's not going to get us anywhere. The, the, the engagement of the community to bring the churches in, to bring the businesses in, to bring the schools in, to bring everybody in to, to holistically address what's going on here. Look, look at things like it's frustrating. How is that uh, working it, out? Like when, when's, how is that working out? Try to be a cop what, walking into a school these days. Have you ever heard of the Boston Miracle? Like Google the Boston Miracle at some point. Uh, when you go to uh, uh, Chicago, was a was a, a prime example of what was to be. It was a bunch of ecumenical. It was a bunch of non-denominational uh, religious leaders that would would go out with the cops, and it was working. But things changed. Whatever happened politically, they changed. Uh, you know, the whole environment changed. It's not on the police to solve these crime problems. It's not on the by arresting their way out of it. You've got to come out with a a force multiplier. You've got to figure out a way to problem solve. You can't just throw handcuffs on everybody, and because you know what that's going to do eventually, it's going to make the same people say you are over arresting our black youth. That's that's what we have now. That's exactly what we have now, and. Once, once, no, you what, know, what you have now, what you have now is people dying waiting on the police. What you have now is people, uh, well, why do you think uh, that is? Though? I mean, of, no, of police because because of the pressure that you're putting on, you're no longer allowing, you know, what you're saying is, is, is okay, yeah, okay, I should definitely go in arrest. Okay, Gavi Petito, for, exa- for example, if you go to a fight and this guy breaks a broken beer bottle and threatens a whole bunch of people who are threatening to jump him. And he threw a bag of weed. What do you suggest I do? Oh, okay. Hey, listen. Uh, you're trespassed from the basketball court, so you can't be on the basketball court. Oh, okay. So I'm trespassed on the basketball court for breaking a beer bottle and attempting to cut a whole bunch of people. Yeah, so you go fuck right off. Okay, well, I'll just come back and I'll shoot all these people. Well, the cop came back over here, and he was told that he was trying to threaten people with a with a broken beer bottle, and the cop didn't do anything, and then this guy went over here and got a gun and went and shot these guys up, vice versa. I let him go, and I say, listen, don't do that with the beer bottle, and you guys don't jump him, and you're trespassed. You, you guys are trespassed from this basketball court. So now you got five dudes that were going to jump this 
guy anyway. Now they're really fucking mad because you just trespassed him from the basketball court, and now they're going to go find homeboy, and they're going to go beat the fucking brakes off him. They're going to die, and the cops are going to be like, well, everybody's going to say, well, why didn't the cops take this guy to think? The easiest solution there, the most critical way of dealing with this whole situation, either A, I, I arrest five black guys trying to play basketball on a basketball court and let the one asshole go that broke the beer bottle, or I arrest the one guy with the beer bottle really fucking him over because it's assault with a deadly weapon or I just go right in the middle and I charge him with the misdemeanor violation of, of, of marijuana and I fix the entire fucking problem. That is the only solution that gets you out of that without any kind of liability coming back on you. And Brian, uh, Brian Landry, Gabby Petito case, perfect example of that. Had those cops done anything, which I think they did the right thing. I think they did what any other cop in the, in the 20th century would have done uh, is mediate that. But you see where it got them. My point is you can't just do nothing. In these cases, what I'm saying, it was never about the misdemeanor weed. It was never about the misdemeanor weed. What it was about is we that's not what brought us there in the first place. What brought us there was a 911 call. The community needed you. They needed help. And you've got to go and do something. Yeah, but I have zero argument for that. Like, I, I never said not to do So like, it's not this hard on crime. It's not this go lock everybody up for the misdemeanor weed to solve the problem and drive off. That's not what that's about. No, it's about but critically what that, thinking the, the scenario through and making the best possible decision. I never um, disagreed of with that. Everyone up. I, I never disagreed with that. What, what that is doing, though, is clogging the system. That's what I said. That's a reality. That's a fact. The trace is a case. It solves the problem temporarily, but it it, it contributes to a high case volume on the DA's desk that can't get to the real crime because they're wading through the bullshit. Right. Okay, but I, I would argue so, that, that, that's so what real, you, that, that we just okay. stopped real crime. I'm you not, did, you you did, and I'm not, you know, and I'll give you and, that. And so I'm what not, I'm saying is, saying, like maybe there, maybe a there, there's a criminal justice solution to that where you have something lower yes. than a misdemeanor. It's it's called foresight, though. It's called it's called forward thinking that you 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 intervene. You set up intervention into the community, and you have you have pulled all the all of these groups in that support you, and you do press conferences so that they don't see just white cops standing up there or just black religious leaders. You see everybody there, so that guy that you're about to arrest for the bag of weed because he tossed the weed and was about to cut people never gets to that stage in his life, and you're dealing with an acute problem. I'm talking about a long-term solution. They're two different things. We can't compare the two. And there, and by the way, if hotspot policing were st- like statistically supported, why don't you think they do it? They are. They are statistically supported. The only reason they're gotten they're they're, they're being rid of is because it's easy to say, look at our cops. They're over policing. We're too safe over here. We've got to Hold dial on. it back. Vote for me. Vote for me. And then all the people are like, yeah, we are over-policed. Yeah, all the shitheads are like, right. yeah, we're over-policed. Oh, they are the statistically that are fucking, supported in that The ones that haven't code. registered their car in two years are the ones that are like, yeah, we're being over-policed. <laughs> You're right. You're right about that. And then the, and the politician's but, like, yeah, we're not safe. We're over-policing. No, we're not. Nobody's over-policing. Cops okay, are driving around trying to prove their existence. All cops you, you are, are trying safe. to do is get to fucking Dunkin' Donuts to get that hot a- apple cinnamon filled as it comes out the oven. That sounds delicious. You, you are you are safe in that zip code, and you are safe to say that you have definitely statistically made a difference in that zip code. You're still not dealing with the entire community, and everybody pays the same taxes. They're all owed the same protection. I disagree. 
I disagree. Raleigh was 26% safer. Not 26% safer in the no, hood. Not- Raleigh was 26% safer. That means all the outskirts are included in that, that statistic. But I'm I'm asking you, where do you th- do you think that they just do, do you think yes. there were sleeper cells in your community, or do you think that they, I think when they people have an opportunity to, to commit crime. crimes, they take the opportunity to commit crimes, and when exactly. there isn't an opportunity, they so when there's to 44 do it. cops to do in the downtown area, they're gonna go to Clayton. Yeah, or no. nay? No, they're gonna choose just not to commit crimes that day. Oh. It's, it's, it's so not it is that easy. it's not easy it's not quick and it's not quiet if, if they were like oh you know what uh i could wake up today and um i'm gonna go over there and uh and and steal some shit well no i can't steal some shit because there's a whole bunch of cops around i'm gonna get in my car and i'm gonna drive a county over and go steal some shit more likely it's gonna be like damn there's a lot of cops around here uh i wonder if the tire place has got anything they could pay me under the table to do to fucking sling tires because I don't have gas money. I don't have the car. I don't have the means to do it. People commit crimes because it's in, there's an opportunity to do so. Bait car. Yeah, because there, are no, because there are no cops around. They didn't wake up and say, oh, I'm going to steal a car today. Oh, a bait car. I'm not going to go to Nightdale. I'm going to go steal that car. Ah, oh, there's no bait car here today to steal a, a TV from. So I'm going to drive all the way to Nightdale to go steal. No, they only commit the crimes because it's easy to do it. When when so, you so, when, when you're tough on graffiti and you clean up all the graffiti around your town and you really go after people and you put cameras on on the graffiti and they they go there to see the graffiti and they kick over the deer cam that you set up yeah they can't but they don't fucking they don't repaint the wall they don't repaint the wall who does it uh, the, the graffiti owner? people no the the person the committing the act of graffiti Look, go look around Raleigh right now when I was a cop there was no graffiti zero graffiti couldn't find graffiti because we that, were tough on I, it. Now you go yeah, around there, not, there's fucking graffiti everywhere. They just fucking I'm not and, and, and now that. they use it as art. What I'm saying is, is that when you put cops on dots, it works, and it, and, the re, and it works. And then that person that 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 implemented that, which was the street cop, but the politician that was put in place while the street cops were implementing that, is like, man, this is really good. So the incumbent, the person coming on, is like, well. Uh, I've got to swing this a different way because I don't really have violent crime going up because actually this guy's done a great job with crime. But what I can do is say, oh, well, he's too hard on policing and he's racist. Bam. Now they get rid of all those police officers and they go to freaking lawlessness and violent crime goes rising. But now we've just gone perpetually on this stupid fucking community service, community police uh, cult. And, and none of it's done correctly. It's all hyper-politicized. Nobody is really giving a shit in these communities. Maybe two or three young community police officers. I, I, I'll bring on three community officers that I know personally that left Raleigh completely pissed off and angry. And I used to make fun of them. I'm like, how the fuck are you in a bad mood? You're a community cop. You're a fucking drug McGruff actor. You're, you read books for a living. But like, Eric, you're okay. a fucking loser. So, Why are you so upset? Then you talk to them why they're upset, and they'll tell you all of the real community. Because police, all, all of my peers that can really think make I wear a fucking dog into- costume. Maybe, maybe they're a little upset because their peers think they do nothing but wear a fucking dog costume and do drag shows where they fucking read books to kids. Maybe there's a little stigma attached no, to it. Like, no, I'll bring them maybe, on. Let them maybe tell they're you. frustrated. Let them tell you why they left. I'll let, and one of them's black and one of them's white. One I, of them grew up I in the ghetto. I'll tell you why frustrated. they left. They left because they knew it was bullshit. They the, knew what they no, were the doing. Now the programs get bastardized. There's no two ways about it. There's there. I, I'm not. You're not going to get an argument out of me. It, it requires leadership. 
It, it doesn't require management. It requires leadership. And, and you've got to go in and problem solve and do and, and when make effective use of your When you tell your community officers your that they cannot make an arrest because they're a community officer, could you imagine accidentally committing a crime and everybody goes, oh, shit, there's a cop looking at you. And he's like, and then that cop just keeps walking. Do you know what he doesn't know that he's a community cop? What he sees is a cop that's not allowed to do anything. He can't do anything because he's he's been told that you're a community officer. You have to wear a shirt and tie every single day of your life, and 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 only only if it's to stop a violent crime can you intervene, because the community needs to look at you to trust you, and to trust. No, they should trust that you're going to arrest their fucking ass, and then maybe they wouldn't have committed that crime in the first place. I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I, I don't, I, I'll never, I, I, I don't know. I've never seen community policing work. Uh, I've talked to guys in Hillsborough County. I've talked to guys in Chicago. I've talked to people in Washington, D.C. I don't think allowing, I, I, I don't think yeah, I, that we live I, in a I, time, I, don't, I, I, I don't really th- believe that community policing is, is an ideology. It's like communism. Great on paper. Fuck, if you could make communism work, that would be dope. Will it ever work? I don't, Absolutely not. I don't doubt one second that your confirmation bias has led you to this conclusion. Can we make a shirt that says community f- policing is communism? I'm kidding. You are, I'm joking. Yes, you, I think you should. You, you can, <laughs> because you're going to find any, you're going to, like, you know, I'll just use an example. Like, I, I know Tyler of uh, Antihero Podcast, he's, he's kind of anti tiktok cop and i get that for sure i am anti tiktok cop by the way i don't we shouldn't be out there fucking dancing and shimmying that's not community it's policing. embarrassing and it's and, embarrassing. And, and, and it sets a precedent and it's, it's kowtowing yes and it's and, and, and what it's does leading a bully to do us getting when you, hurt when he, when he sees it, a pussy? it truly is yeah it, it, it's truly leading to, to us getting hurt so when eric tanzi walks into a room and says how about that fucking community policing? Do you think guys like me are going to come up to you and say, well, Eric, let's, ga- let's engage in a fucking thoughtful debate about this? Or do you think the guy from Hillsborough or Chicago is going to say, I know, these fucking guys, they fucking dress up in dog costumes and they fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> okay, tickle I'm gonna kids. Play, I'm going to post like, videos. I'm going to post videos of community police officers doing community police officer shit. Uh, uh, so, okay, let, let me ask you this. Is, do you know who Officer Tommy Norman is? Never heard of her. <laughs> exactly. That that you just made my point. Like, this is the this is the point. Y- your confirmation <laughs> bias is going to lead you to that conclusion. All and I'm, cops, I'm, all good cops, are community police officers. They are. Uh, yes. You don't yeah, need that, a designated bullshit community police officing organization that's run by more bureaucrats and more politicians. What you need to do is make it a way that cops can naturally and organically be the community officers that they were. And the only reason they can do that is if they have time and they have the morale to do so. And the only way to achieve that is to put more cops in the areas that fucking need it. And then right. you could do all the shit that you're talking about. You can go in and nurture the young eight-year-old. And when that eight-year-old turns nine and the dudes want to go and spray paint shit, that nine-year-old goes, uh, no, because Tansy and his boys are out there and I don't want to get in trouble because I don't want to let Officer Breezy down. Officer Breezy's been working with me a lot in my family and I know that if I go and spray paint, I'm probably going to get caught because all my friends have got caught and I don't want to let Drew Breezy down. But so what what's the difference between... You do between... all that work as Drew Breezy. You do all that fucking work and then he goes and all of his friends are spray painting the things and they never get caught and there's no punishment. There's no cops to see him. And they're like, come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. If you're going to be cool, you got to come spray paint. Come on, Jimmy. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to be cool. And guess what? Pfft. Officer Breezy, he's never going to find out. He's never going to. 
You know what I'm saying? And then the, the whole thing happens. The only way community policing works is if you give real cops who are organically doing it, and it's not fake. It's not some kind of like blue chew induced boner. This is a love filled boner for policing. That's when community policing really works. Okay. <laughs> We've equated that to a male penis erection. <laughs> what did you just throw? My coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, you have no idea how angry this makes me. Like I'm legit. I, I, th- I fucking do. can't stand. I cannot stand modern day policing, and it all comes back to this CEO who's the number one advocate for it. And look where she's at, bludgeoned to death because she's no, got she's, this whole holier no, than no, 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 no. She's not an that advocate If we just stick that. our hand out, if we just no, stop, stop arresting black people, you'll be stop, you won't stop die. She's not a no. Don't conflate community policing with stop, with arresting black people. That's a fucking totally off the wall notion. First of all, but second of all, she is not a community policing advocate. She is an anti-racist, and that is lending to us being racist. And we're not. We're, we're forward thinking. We're, we're street more, cops we're, are racist. Community cops are good because the community cops don't do shit. Oh God! Yeah, listen. The the community puts us pits us against each other. This woman Mm. right here would say that the community cop that doesn't mediate domestic violence, Mm -hmm. that doesn't taxi cab homeless people around, that doesn't take out of his own pocket uh, and out of his own closet clothes to the homeless, not just dropping it off at some goodwill. That's not buying the. That's the cop. The cop that's never got their shirt dirty, the cop that's, that's never had their tie ripped off, that's the good guy. No, you don't know that. That's though. the good guy. You, you, you street don't know cop's that. a piece of shit. What? Fuck, put a poll up. Put but, a poll but, but, up. All the anti police will tell you that, that the community cops are the good guys here. Yes, because of the confirmation bias that you're fucking laying why out. Why can't you yes, be more absolutely. like that guy, street what, cop? Why can't why you be like it, that guy? Why? You just told me a minute ago you considered it a punishment to go to the the community policing unit. Listen, it wasn't a punishment for me. In their eyes, it was a punishment. I got no problem with being a good human being. I joined the police department because I want to be a good fucking person. I'm telling you that Raleigh is fucked up then if they're punishing people by putting them in a community policing role. Oh, it's not just Raleigh. Come on. I I, I, I can go to Hillsborough right now and find you a whole bunch of guys that they've been dicked over and given bullshit punishments. I'm sure you at some point have been given a punishment that you were like, this isn't a fucking punishment. I spent six years in in punishment. But and I was, was in the, the best training division for most of it. It was dispatch. the best thing that ever happened. Best no, thing I didn't go to dispatch. Best thing that I ever was not punished by going to dispatch. <coughs> I was I was promoted to lieutenant and I moved to dispatch. I w- that was not a punishment in, in by any stretch. Though most cops, like yourself, would say that it is. It's not. It wasn't. I, I it's an opportunity to problem solve. And just like just like your frustrations now, I had the same frustrations. The administrators only hear what they want to fucking hear. And they're not listening. And they're just going to do what they want to do anyway. So when you bring solutions to them, or you bring the real-life problems, they say, ah, fuck them. I didn't think of this, therefore it's not a good idea. And nothing ever gets done. So I I agree with the fact that most, uh, or a lot of community uh, policing programs start out how they should be administered, but through promotions, through whatever, they get bastardized. 
And next thing you know, like their sole role is fucking directing traffic at uh, school crosswalks and fucking and doing the McGruff thing like you're talking about. It gets bastardized. It gets away from what I, it's supposed to actually be doing. I'll give and you one final thought because I feel problem. like we can argue. I'm going to give my last final thought and then I'm going to let you close it out with your final thought. Without argument, you can have it. You can have the last word like if this was court. The last word always wins. Uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll follow my own sword. I'll end it with this. My opinion on on the community is that community policing should not be an organization in your police department. It should be uh, hand-picked officers plucked on a daily basis to go do community p- policing activities and then sent right directly back to the line to go do the Lord's work. When you have more cops in one area, it frees up time to work with the mentally challenged. It gives you more time to manage your beat, to understand the mental illnesses that are on your beat. It gives you time to mediate uh, the the uh, domestic violence. It gives you time to go and shoot basketball at your local middle school. It gives you time to have a barbecue or to have lunch sitting on the picnic table in the middle of your, your beat, and it allows you to be happy. When you put more officers in the hardest hit areas in crime, it gives you more time to do all of those things. When you don't, when you pull officers away to go work in the elementary schools and it takes away from that, violent crime rises, more people are emboldened and empowered to do more crime, your police officers uh, become angry and disgruntled and and the uh, social collapse of the whole, the whole construct falls to pieces. I think the answer into cleaning up the ghetto, which hasn't been cleaned up in 30 years, go to any major city, talk to any supervisor that's about to retire, and he said, you're not going to change that street. It's been like that for 30 years. I've heard a thousand fucking cops say it. You're not going to change that place. It's been like that for 30 years. I think the only way that you change that is you put more cops in that area, and then that allows for real community policing and real efforts to take place naturally and organically, which changes the culture of the program and doesn't lead to a culture of lawless behavior like we've seen in Philadelphia, lawless behavior like this asshole raping a woman in front of her husband and setting them on fucking fire after murdering somebody and being out of prison for seven years and then going and murdering another CEO white tech. That's what stops all of this nonsense, and, and it's more police officers doing police work. Drew, take it away. Excuse me. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I don't want to sit here and give you my resume, the fact that I have a master's in criminal justice administration from the University of South Florida. Go Bulls. I don't want to talk about the the fact that I don't have just, uh, I haven't formed a worldview just based on the place where I worked, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, the fourth largest sheriff's office in the United States, 3,500 people. And I rose to the rank of lieutenant. I don't want to base any of that on this. I want to tell you uh, that I've been in touch with uh, people from around the United States. I haven't looked for the answer that I'm looking for. I've looked for the answer. Uh, I've been to an executive leadership class at the University of Louisville called the Southern Police Institute Administrative Officers Course. And it's police administrators from across the United States of America that gather 40 people at a time and share ideas and learn how to track, measure, and discuss things like community policing. And I wish that I could capture, are we still on? Yeah, I'm listening. Oh, okay. I, I went dark for a you second. You want me to interrupt you? 
No, 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 no. Uh, I thought we, I went black. I wish that we could capture the vim and the vigor of Eric Tanzi and put it in a bottle and pour it down the throat in the academy. Maybe sprinkle it in the food, in the mess hall of police academies across America. Because his heart is in the right place and his mind is in the right place. He has a sense of compassion and our job should always be to let our, never let our authority overshadow our service. There is, however, a long-sighted issue we have to deal with and it's called sustenance. How are you gonna sustain the strategy of pinpoint policing? When you send 45 guys into an area, and yes, they clean it up like nobody's business. And from my experience, you get phone calls from people in that community who are law-abiding citizens that say, thank God you're here. I can finally, get, I can finally sit on my porch again and smoke you know, my, my uh, whatever, cigarettes, uh, or, or read, the, read the paper. You, you get those phone calls. But the minute you have to redeploy those assets to where the crime is occurring to where you have pushed it to, because you're not effectively lowering the crime rate, you're pushing the crime rate somewhere else, you're going to lose those assets. And it's going to get pushed to the outskirts of where you are. Eventually, it's going to get pushed to the outskirts of, uh, of the county or city you're in, and it's going to require maybe federal intervention of some sort, like a OSADEF, uh, an Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, because drugs, believe it or not, and uh, I think Eric would probably agree with me on this, is they are the root of all evil. They're, 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 there, is no, uh, there is no greater um, drive to, to find money than an addict who is about to go through withdrawals. So they will stab, they will shoot, they will break into a car. So when we look at root causes, it may not necessarily be being in the inner city just slapping handcuffs on everybody. And I don't think that the nine-year-old kid needs to see the time we beat the shit out of his 12-year-old brother or slapped handcuffs on his mom or I don't think that that's going to change the community one bit. I don't think that that's going to change the culture. I think that that is going to perpetuate a culture of fear of the police. And that's not good because that's going to make them dependent. When they're dependent on the police to solve all of their problems, we are going to be stretched even thinner. We have to focus on growing them into interdependence within the community so they, they can lean on their local businesses, their local uh, churches, all of that and shift them towards dependence, independence, I'm sorry, shift them towards independence. So they're independent. They don't need the police. The only time they need the police is when they call them and not when they're, and they're not calling them every day because the shit's getting beat out of them or that the, and, and to accomplish that, you have to bring in social services. You have to bring in child welfare services. You have to bring in domestic violence education. You have to bring in all these things because there are lots of problems in the inner cities. And it's not going to be solved with a set of handcuffs, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be solved with the synergistic power of an entire community. It takes a village, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Tanzi, I turn the mic back over to you. I'm going to fucking kill myself.
That was the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard in my whole fucking life. I want to vomit all over my microphone. I won't in front of you, ladies and gentlemen, but that was fucking dog shit. Couldn't disagree with you more for the first time in my whole life. I, listen, proof is in the pudding. Look how it's going, folks. Look, 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 look at the community policing that we have. Look, look how it's going in every one of these cities. Cops fucking hate their life. Cops aren't being cops anymore. Cities You're, are being overran with crime. That's and, got and nothing to bullshit. do with community policing, dude. Hundred percent, dude. It, it, we had we had a fucking pandemic where we were limited and vilified at the same time because of George Floyd. And we it, had community policing. We have it, start to all that shit happened. We had a media that vilified every move the police made because of George Floyd, because of Donald Trump, because everybody wanted to assume that he was a racist and therefore any first responder follows Donald Trump and we're all racist. That's what's driving people out of the profession. It's not fucking community policing. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, if community policing is administered properly, it's effective. If, if it's communism done, is administered properly, it's effective. Buy the t-shirt. Just make the t-shirt. Communism. Community policing is communism. God, if anti-hero podcast can make that shit for me, um, I'll fucking wear it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, listen, we can have these conversations. I mean, listen, you know, and I, and I think probably... Um, somewhere in the middle is probably where the truth lies. I'm, I'm a huge advocate. I, uh, I think there's too much room for corruption in, in community policing. I, I think on paper, in theory, it'd be great to have a group of human beings who could go out and, and get creative and really touch the community. But I, I think what it lends to is more so a us versus them. The street cops don't know what they're doing and they're fucking up everything we're doing. Uh, but the problem is the community officers don't see what the street cops are seeing anymore because uh, they've been you know, uh, uh, underneath the uh, drug dog McGruff's uh, cap too long. They've had the clown paint. They've folded too many blowns into uh, poodles that they When that was they the don't, last time you understand. saw McGruff? I, out of curiosity, because I haven't seen McGruff in Hillsborough County in probably 20 years. When was the you, last you, time you saw somebody in a McGruff costume? You, you haven't seen it because you are, you don't, you are not into your community police squads, dude. Dude, are you kidding me? They spend me? more fucking time trying to get those little spongy balls. When, 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 is a, when has a kid ever been like, damn, I'm so glad that you gave me a stress ball. I'm definitely not going to fucking graffiti uh, those walls anymore. I'm going to be such okay. a better human being. Um, when, when has a kid said, damn... I saw I saw that Officer Tansy coming and beat the fuck out of my dad. That's I don't want to do that's anything. Not what we're him. That's going to happen regardless. Like if your dad fucks up, you're it's getting your ass whooped. Whether the drug dog McGruff was there or not, your dad needs an ass whooping by the police. He's going to get a fucking ass whooping by the police. Your dad shouldn't have been a piece of shit. You're welcome, kid. That you're not going to get your ass whooped by that same dad. That same deadbeat dad who brings his friends in here to molest and diddle you while we're all doing crack. You know, sorry that we beat the fuck out of that guy. Uh, no, I like I, I still stand by my point that the only way to to keep community policing not corrupted is to have real street cops go in and do it for maybe a week or two weeks at a time and go right back to the line. I think when you take cops off the line, uh, they lose a sense of of uh, they, they they it becomes unrealistic to them. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I like I'm. 
I, I could see it happening city through city through city through city. It's a waste of assets. You know, case in point, the, the woman, the, the female cop that was a community police officer for 12 something years, she goes right back to the line and then she fucking shoots somebody when she did tase them. She has Wait. no sense of reality when it comes to policing because her head's been so far up the community policing ass that she fucking hasn't seen the light of day in 12 years. And then she fucking was shoots she, somebody instead of tases was, them. Was she a community policing officer or was she yes, in crime she was. prevention? Community engagement or crime prevention. I mean, like they're all they are on the same fucking. They all share the same okay. cubicles. So, so here's the deal. There she was reading library books to kids two weeks prior to that at the library. There, there are detectives yeah. in this world that are are specifically focused on criminal intelligence and gang intelligence, and they're not an enforcement arm, but they're very effective in identifying who sure. needs to be captured when they need to be captured. Right. Conversely. There are community people, but they're not the, uh, community officers that do the same thing. That, what do you mean they're not? What do you mean? Like if, if the they're not making, making arrests, stats? if they're not making arrests, if the, if the intelligence detectives aren't making arrests, they're just gathering intelligence. It's the same thing. They're not. They're not. Just because you don't use your handcuffs does not mean you're not a cop anymore. No, I'm saying it means is, you is have that, to use is, your. Head. What I'm saying is that just the opposite. They're. Their life is about thwarting crime. They're seeing the crime. They're seeing the reports. They're analyzing the reports. Right. They're reading the stories. They're right. talking to street so, cops. So, but Fuck, you're saying cops aren't doing that. No, but you're also saying that the community cops absolutely aren't doing that, and all they're doing is putting a dog costume on, which is not true. They're spending time doing, uh, making community, heading, leading community meetings, or uh, spending time shit right. that you don't want to do. Right. Go to the no, and, and here's why I say that that should be on the street cop, and the street cop should be pulled off on two weeks because he has he, he's in touch with what's going on in the streets. He has he still has the balls, he still has the bravado of a street cop to th though he cleaned and pressed his uniform, shined his fucking boots. Which listen, if if you made all the street cops be mandatory street cop officers every you know. Uh, twice, three times a year. It forced them to at least shine their boots once or twice a year, which is better than what they're doing now. And you get them in front. They still have the balls to stand up to these community uh, liaisons who are so full of shit, who are the ones that are leading the crime in these communities. The loudest voice in the room is also usually the one that's that has the child that's a fucking four-time felon. You, what you have is a bunch of community cops who are detached from the line, who show up, who've had a clean pressed uniform on for the last four years of their career with their shiny ass fucking tie. And they get in there and they'll be like, yes, you're right. You're right. The street cops could do more. And we're going to talk to them. We're, we're going to let those street cops know that, you know, that you guys are willing to cooperate in policing your own park and that you won't take apart the slides and graffiti them and light fires to the government-funded community garden over there and that you won't flood the federal-granted community garden over there by turning the water hose on on purpose and just leaving it on, ruining something that's free to the fucking community. We'll let the street cops know that that's your garden to deal with. No, what you need is that street cop who's like, listen, 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 listen. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You take your 13-year-old kid and it, ma'am, listen, you sitting right there. Yeah, we know Tyrone. We know Tyrone was there. I was saying the only reason we're not doing shit is because he's only 13 years old and there ain't shit to do about it. But maybe Tyrone doesn't go out there and turn the fucking water hose on and flood the goddamn garden. How about that, bitch? And everybody's like, damn, damn, that's street cop. Okay. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I, I listen. That, that's where I stand on it. I, I think the, the community policing 
it doesn't work because there is no sense of reality coming from community officers. Not maybe maybe when they first get there, that that whole thing it gets, it's it's politicized and the bureaucrats run it and it's the person that wants to be a bureaucrat. It's the person that sits in the office and wants to pick out which coffee mug we're all gonna get for Christmas this year, and saying that challenge coins with skulls on them are too violent. It doesn't look good to the community. Ladies and gentlemen, you can be a medic and put a Band-Aid on a problem, or you can be a surgeon and sustain life for the next 70 fucking years. I'm going to need a brain surgeon to get this bullet out of my fucking skull. <laughs> call this is fucking, the only thing that we... Call a street cop. They'll save you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, to this show is brought to you by officerprivacy.com. I, I love you more. And if you're a shitty cop like me and you accidentally shoot... Um, somebody who has a knife and um, and you should have community policed him better. I'm just kidding. I'm just taking stabs at you. That's unfair. That is unfair to do during an ad read. I'm, I'm, I'm acting it. like a politician right now. That's what politicians do. Uh, did you see where John Fetterman, he did that, where he like sent the other politician like a thing of Bud Light with like a stupid fucking thing, like real mature guy, real mature, but they're all doing it. Sick back burn. That was unfair of me. That was unfair of me. That's um, but when a stupid cop it. shoots uh, shoots somebody that he shouldn't have shot, uh, they're coming for you guys, and they're gonna. It's too late. They've already got your address. They already got where you live. They already got where you're going to school. A matter of fact, somebody this week sent me an article where it uh, where an officer got a DUI, and they put uh, where he got the DUI, which church he went to, and what address. They said, "Holy shit! I never noticed this until you've done these ad reads." This cop, although he fucked up and he got a DUI, they literally put that he's a member of the such and such church and he's a certain member of such and such uh, things and he left such and such pub, which is a lot of information about a human being. Um, had this man had officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack, uh, they would not have easily been able to identify those addresses. And again, just like crime, if the news, if it's not easy for them, they're not really going to go out and hunt for it, especially if it's a small time story like a cop getting a DUI. But listen, if the information's right there, right on their Facebook, they're going to snatch it all out officer privacy doesn't make you not an influencer it doesn't hide actually i'm trying to work with them right now to get an influencerprivacy.com because i think this is great for not only cops but those who want to be influencers those who are fbi agents or those who just generally don't want their address out there if you're an advocate on the interwebs and you're saying things on the interwebs you might want to make it hard for people to find where you live uh so that you know you don't get molotov cocktailed in the middle of the night head over to officerprivacy.com forward slash wolfpack Sign up for a subscription today. Sign a loved one up. Um, I know a lot of times real street cops aren't going to sign up for a product like this um, because they're too cool for school. Uh, and that's where if you want to support a local law enforcement officer and get them uh, a sub at least maybe a one-month subscription that goes through the initial wiping of information, and then if that cop wants to pay to continue to have it wiped, if he's somebody like me where it's continually needed, um, then you can get them a, you know, a one-year um a subscription or something like that but head over to officerprivacy.com forward slash wolfpack um and then one more beautiful ad read for this week this is a bonus uh today we are here with a sponsor for your bouncing bundles of joy i'm talking about your bowels baby uh manscaped <laughs> is what i'm talking about you know it um <laughs> listen uh, just like babies are delicate, like my new five, my five week old baby, super delicate. I'm not going to run a razor over my baby's face and shave his full man beard. Ready? I go and get my manscape beard trimmer. It's got that, it's got that safe nicking, anti nicking, uh, technology in it. 
It's got the gold, the gold standard for for body hair care and the little lotions and things. The Manscaped 4.0 package is a one-stop shop for a man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Uh, you get the 4.0 trimmer, which is the lighted water-resistant nut hair trimmer. You get the weed whacker, so you can whack them weeds in your your nose hairs, your your uh, all the other ear hairs, all the things that a 40-year-old man like myself and 60-year-old man like Drew get. You get the body wash, the ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo, which is an aphrodisiac in its own. You get the prop preserver for the anti-chafing ball deodorant. Um, in addition to shaving, you can completely upgrade your shower routine with the ultra-premium body wash. Again, another aphrodisiac. Uh, and don't forget to apply the aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. For that cologne quality scent and go. It's not like the other brands, the <laughs> brands where you put the deodorant on and it literally lends way for you to have to put more deodorant on. It makes you smell super great until it makes you smell like a disgusting pig. At least when you put on Degree, that shit lasts for like a whole week. You might not smell good, but you don't smell terrible. Not like the <laughs> where you put it on and like it makes you fucking smell terrible. This is the same way. Uh, this makes you smell really fucking good for like two or three days, and then it just kind of wanes off. So you, you can literally skip one or two days of accidentally not wearing the deodorant, and you're not going to go from smelling like a hero to smelling like a zero. Uh, get 20% off right now with free shipping. Pr- promo code Wolfpack at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code Wolfpack. Get that platinum package. Do it now. Uh, holiday season's coming up. Do it right now. Okay, since you're still with us, 22 of you left. These are your core fans. This is what we need to hear from you guys. Uh, October 26th and 27th. Looks like we will have a meetup. Absolutely 100% in the Ponte Vedra, Florida area. We are going to the Valor bare knuckle fight event. I've got Ken Shanrock, uh, UFC champion, WCW champion, and founder of Valor bare knuckle fights. Ken Shamrock, the legend, the Hall of Famer himself. Uh, I will have him on the podcast on uh, this week. Uh, but also, he is going to do a private meetup with the Wolfpack. We might even be doing a live podcast from the weigh-in as it stands right now. But definitely, we will be at Island Girl Cigar Bar in Ponte Vedra, Florida, Thursday night and at some point on Friday. And we will all be going to the fight. If you want tickets to the fight, uh, go ahead and start getting them right now. I don't know if we have a promo code for the fight yet or not. Um, but I encourage you to buy tickets to this fight. We're all going, baby. And if you want to get frisky with it, join our Patreon. Join our Discord. Hit us up in the DMs, and we can try to get everybody tickets together. Maybe I can do a group rate before you start purchasing the tickets. If you're really interested and you want to sit with other Wolfpack members, message me this week uh, or in the next two weeks, and then I will gather the money through Venmo and send out tickets so that you guys can all sit together. Because I don't imagine there's probably going to be 100 of you. It's probably be more like 12 or 13 of you guys to do this. But listen, I think the meetup in Jacksonville, Florida, Ponte Vedra, Florida is going to be dope. Anti-Hero Podcast guys are going to be there. I believe Drew Breezy is going to be there. And it looks like at Conservative Ant, Anthony Ramondi will be out there in the cigar bar as well with us. Um, there might be a few others. So there is definitely a meetup. If you can't make that one, there is another meetup November 11th. Uh, in Albemarle, North Carolina, and then a meetup on the 12th in Clayton, North Carolina. Um, Jay Durrell and I will be performing in Raleigh, North Carolina on Saturday and Sunday. Drew Breezy will be emceeing the Badges of Boxes event in Albemarle, North Carolina with Vinny Montez. Maybe somebody like Donut. Uh, I'm not sure 
Uh, Vinny Montez was hinting that he's trying desperately to get some bigger names out there with him. Um, so that's all on the table. In Albemarle, North Carolina, which is two hours from Raleigh. And then Sunday, Vinny Montez, I will be, uh, myself and Jay Darrell White, will be opening for Vinny Montez. Um, very excited. Um, and Raleigh, Drew Breezy will be there. One more and I'm out of your podcast will be there. I believe Jonathan, uh, I mean, uh, Josh Deadleg will be there. Um, and, and so that's going to be a big fun. So if you can't make the Florida meetup, you make the North Carolina meetup, do both if you, if you can. Um, so that's going to be very, very exciting. Also, if you have any cop conferences that you would like Drew Breezy and I to go speak at, if you can get it up with your command staff, um, we probably right now up until Christmas will not charge for that. Um, and we might work out a deal for, for lodging or for a flight or something like that. But if you want um, Drew Breezy uh, to come up with 30 years of experience uh, on anything, let us know. Uh, but we are joining a speakers union. And we will be traveling around. So we need some practice under our belt. So if you want to book us for an event, any kind of event, let us know. If you need some comedy, if you need some wisdom, um, we're both on the grabs for that. And listen, if you want us to, to attend your wedding, somebody asked me to officiate their wedding. I, I that's too much for me. I, I feel like that's too biblical uh, as a Christian man who doesn't really uh, walk the walk as much as he should. I feel like it would be blasphemous for me to officiate a wedding, but I would be more than happy to attend your wedding. I don't mind doing that now. Listen, Drew, he's a man of God. He's a man of faith. He walks the walk. He talks. <laughs> he's still a virgin. He's still a virgin waiting for, for marriage. He can officiate your wedding. I can't officiate a wedding. <laughs> But you I don't have a community it. police officer come officiate your wedding. Uh, in the drug dog costume? I just, yeah, in the McGruff co- I will officiate a wedding if I can wear the McGruff costume. I, I uh, just want to go on record that I have 30 years of experience, but I don't know shit about shit. So I, I also want you to know that Are you really selling you, yourself? Really selling yourself. That any of you would fucking, uh, uh, that some of the people that I see in the chats that are are like, taking little pot shots, which is fine. I, I don't speak what you want to hear. I speak what I know. So I, I'm just saying I would one run fucking circles around most of you. Just That's like you ran awesome. circles around me today. No, I don't think I ran circles. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dress up as uh, Drew Breezy for Halloween this year. <laughs> I'm just going to wear a drug. <laughs> You'd have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where, no, get on. Uh, like you could get on uh, Duke's. Uh, shoulders like and wear a long trench coat or fucking yeah maybe elkin i mean like he's getting taller so you can get on his shoulders and just be a and wear a trench yeah. anyway it, it's all good but listen drew and i disagree on a couple of things and he posted a video this week and um look i was the bad guy on that video so no um, you weren't okay. i'm telling you more people the new youtube with video you that you that posted no the new one you posted it's, <laughs> it's the side. same it's video. It's the same. It was yeah, the same Yeah, but you reposted argument. it as a clip. I know, but but go look at the comments. They're different. Go look at the comments. They're they different. are. That's that is true. So it just goes to show you that we're. This is what I. This is what I envision, and I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. I don't want to live in a fucking echo chamber, and and I don't want anyone to ever yeah. accuse us. Like we got this guy Hawk, whatever the fuck his name is. He's in here saying that oh, corrupt cops cover for corrupt cops and all this other shit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, true. All right. Not wrong. We fucking call it out all the time. You, you can you can say whatever you want, just like you can call me a racist if you want. But I know me. 
And I well, know I mean, we can only address one problem at a mullet. fucking time, laughing hawk. I mean, like, I, I can't address all the problems in one hour and 42 minutes, bud. Uh, I mean, like, corrupt cops, we've covered multiple stories on corrupt cops, and we've talked hours, two hours on corrupt cops, and how to. Uh, and, and how to fix that, but I can't fix corrupt cops and bullshit community policing in what I'm right. just getting on the bullshit well, yeah, but I can't fix it all, but listen, I love corrupt your commentary, dude, and, and you're not hey, wrong. Uh, hey, uh, don't ever block Hawk. Let, let, let Hawk speak. Yeah, you no, know, fuck it. The, I don't the block anybody. The chats will take care of Hawk. Look, yeah, every time I found out yeah. that one of our producers have blocked somebody, unless you're just being a cunty troller, yeah. listen, I don't yeah. mind anybody <laughs> disagreeing with on. me or calling me you can call me names as long as you're disagreeing. It's just when they start like spamming, where they're just like Nazi, yeah, Nazi, is- Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Like I'm like, <laughs> right. like, and they just like fill up the whole things. Like that's when we're gonna block. Other than that, dude, like you can call me a Nazi while you're giving your point across. We'll keep you up. Like I'm not, I'm not silencing you. I'm only silencing you when you're unreasonable about it. Cardiz yeah, bring- says, uh, "Hawk, uh, go put on." A- no, well, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, listen, uh, corrupt cops. Yeah, you're right. Corrupt cops do protect corrupt cops that's that's a problem every industry has problems um you know corrupt doctors listen there's some i I watched the entire medical field uh lobby uh on the whole covid side and i but i also in turn talked to doctors and anesthesiologists and anesthesiologists and a pediatric nurse uh, a pediatric doctor that owns a pediatric uh, doctor facility and um what, what do you call that like a pediatric a pediatric center a practice yeah a pediatric practice who completely disagreed with covid but they also in the same turn said they could never let their names go out they could never say that because if they do they will lose their license and 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 all these things will happen to them and and so you know there was a whole bunch of doctors in my opinion that were corrupt and they they protected each other because that's what they have to do it's in every single profession but listen we, we do we you know we try to be objectable and when cops fuck up we're the, we're the first ones to say it. Unfortunately, in this case, almost every news article, uh, to include Tim Pool's article, love Tim Pool. And, and listen, he talks so much, he's always going to be wrong uh, at some point. Like every day, he's going to say something stupid or something wrong. I do it all the time. I, I don't even podcast as much as he does. Um, I probably podcast five days a week. I'm going to say things that are wrong. I'm going to misspeak. And I'm going to have a change of views and opinions on things. Um, but even he, and me being Except a big fan of him, policing. you know, he said, uh, you know, he said the police failed several times. The police failed uh this the ceo the police failed i i, I disagree Fuck that. i, I yeah. highly disagree i don't think the police i think the police did their jobs uh, I, I think the community failed the police i think the judicial system failed the police i think the community police failed no, i'm kidding um it's too easy when i get going um but you know i i, I disagree uh, you know i disagree with that and that's okay i'm not going to stop listening to tim pool because i didn't agree with uh right that one that, statement. that's what that's what we've so lost cool. in America. We're that totally is exactly cool. what we've lost. We, so, we've Hawk, lost cool the ability to have a disagreement. Yeah, you cannot like me, bro. You, I mean, Hawk, if you don't yeah. like me because I'm an ex-cop, then that fucking that's stupid. Because I'm a pretty cool guy, and I think even if I listen, I disagree completely on this with Drew Breezy. Would I? Am I still going to call him after this? And we're going to talk about all the other weeks worth of shit. And for sure, would I have a fake beer with him? Absolutely. Um, I would have a fake beer with with Drew Breezy right now. So it's, it's yeah, not, yeah, Guinness Zero. But yeah. but listen, like uh, guys like Hawk. By the way. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I made it myself. Look, so how many times does like, Tactical Dude shit on us? I mean, t- Tactical Dude. Uh, oh, he disagrees with years, me all the time. I, he disagrees with it. us all the time. It's fine. But the, but the thing, dude. I talk to like him on the guys phone. like Hawk always say things like, you know, you need to be held accountable, and I always say things like, okay, you mean like, uh, give me an example, and they're and he's like, well, obviously, like Derek Chauvin, like Kim Potter, like you mean the the people that are in jail. 
Right. That's who you want to hold accountable. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're held accountable. I mean, like unfairly, it's, it's a, like, they're, they're unfairly held accountable. They're, I don't, they're held. Uh, uh, they're held accountable to an absurd standard. Yeah, uh, a standard that nobody else can reach only because of their profession that they don't get paid enough for. Nor is it in the bylaws or in the sanctions of their employment that hey, if you get a speeding ticket, it's going to be doubled because you're a cop. No, that there's there's no. no expectation of that. However, these guys are getting unrealistic. Uh, Derek showing unrealistic sentencings where nobody else in the community that commits even more crime and has even worse, you know, we can go into all of that stuff. But yeah, you're right, Drew. Was, you know, we we talk about bad policing and bad cops. Um, look at look at my fucking YouTube feed, Hawk. It's it's nothing but cops that have been arrested. I, I don't I, I'm not searching that. YouTube is suggesting it. So in other words, YouTube is saying there are more cops that should be arrested or are being held accountable right. than it's there the are media cops putting doing good in your things. brain. I mean, it's just like exactly. uh, you know, just like this whole white woman murder craze. You know, it's only to distract you um, from the fact that 29 other people, mainly black males under the age of 35, were were killed, were, were killed um, on from gang violence in a town that's like the number seven. Uh, most strict gun law in the country. On Sunday, they put more gun sanctions out, um, even though there's a ton of backlash on that. But, you know, for a town that's not supposed to have any guns like Chicago, sure is a lot of gun violence. And now we've made it even harder for gun for legal gun carriers to protect themselves and made it more easy for, for guys like, imagine if this girl would have been sitting in her apartment with her fucking cannon cynics, or I've walked in on my wife, and I went and walked in on her in the bathroom uh, to a gun pointed at my face because she didn't hear me come in and I opened the door and I wasn't supposed to be home early. She was taking a bath with a gun. Now imagine if I was a real shitty raper and I came in there and she had no gun and she was in the bathtub, but a gun was on the nightstand. Oh, well, she's fucked. She's going to get drowned to death and probably brutally raped inside the bathtub. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, my, my, you know, big point here is, is that uh, the media is feeding you the things that you want to hear and it's going to get worse. Hawk, Homie, if you can listen to one thing I'm going to tell you right now, you're really going to hate cops in about three weeks because election season <laughs> kicks off right now. It's October 1st. I called this out to Thomas at the beginning of the year. It's about to get real shitty for cops. They're going to find, they're going to go through a, a, a fine tooth comb through every police department searching, searching for these 700,000 cops for one of them, for that one corrupt cop to paint all the other 700,000 like them. They're going to work so hard um, to, to, to make us look terrible in the election season because that's that's how they distract you that's that's how they that's how they win it's, you it's, over yeah, so yeah you, you undermine the police then oh i hope i didn't leave the chat i hope he's got more balls than that yeah, that's fine he left the chat i don't think he either did. way uh he probably just i'm sure like, he had to get back to work um but listen, I, I I enjoy that shit, dude. I mean, I, I I like to see what people's perspective is. People that have been brainwashed and poisoned by by the media. I mean, it's important for us to know what they're thinking so that we can articulate ourselves, not by sending them Bud Light beer with some kind of smirky comment um, and, and be childish yeah. about it. But, you know, win them over through love. Let them know what's up. Uh, Contains give I, us a prediction for interest rates. <sighs> you're fucked. Yeah. No, are you talking? Yeah. Twenty nine point eight. Oh, I thought you were talking about my credit card rate. Uh, listen, I, I say uh, I'll end with this: uh, from uh, disagreement comes growth. That's all I'll say. Like we have to disagree to be able to grow one way or the other, right? That's right. We if not, to. we're just screaming at each other in an echo chamber, and everybody yeah. thinks that you yeah. know we need to yeah. we need to yeah. talk it out. We got to talk it out. 
Now talk it out, Westside. Talk it out. Now walk it out. Now Westside, walk out. Very much from Drew Breezy, the easy CZ, the beautiful Drew Breezy, and myself, Eric Tanzi. This has been Failure to Stop Friday Breakdown.